what would your unbelieving friend say about what the gospel is? Like, if you were to actually ask them, like, hey, what's the gospel? What kind of answer would you get? You know, the, the last thing I did before, you know, I, I got married and, and whatnot, you know, I took you through this mini-series that barely scratched the surface on who Christ is, this this case for Christ. By the way, my name's Kira. Um, I'm just someone that likes doing push-ups, and I read the Bible in my own time. I don't have any some, any sort of fancy theology degree. But I like sharing about how Jesus changed my life. So I invite you on this journey. Uh, my blog and this podcast, they're all linked in the description. Um, the uh, website domain changed. So just anyway. So yeah, I, I had this case for Christ. And so as I've been learning and, and continuing to learn, it's really not about knowing all the answers. That's not what Christianity is. It's and truly, I think it is about less defending and more sharing. To my unbelieving friend who doesn't want to accept the gospel, do you at least know what it is? You know, can you at least, do you know what these Christians believe besides this like crazy Jesus dude? You know, the gospel um, is the good news. Desiring God this website run by uh, John Piper and his team, it says this, The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins and rose again, eternally triumphant over his enemies, so that now there is no condemnation for those who believe, but only everlasting joy. That's the gospel. And I'm thinking maybe we ought to start there. We ought to begin there. You know, maybe it really isn't about just answering question after question, asking question after question. Maybe there's there's more to it. Maybe it begins there. You know, it begins with showing how Jesus has changed everything. I do receive my my fair share of backlash. And one is for this idea that maybe it begins with sharing the gospel with our friends. Maybe we can begin there, and then this kind of allows us to address the, the sinful and evil injustices within our world. Maybe we can begin with sharing the gospel and watch the way our hearts change through the Holy Spirit. I am reminded of the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 starting at verse 17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. See, when we talk about um, the proof for God, go back like two episodes um, the moral law argument is often used as a way to prove that there is a God. You know, essentially it's, there's a moral, every, every law has a lawgiver. There is a moral law, therefore there must be a moral lawgiver. That's kind of how it goes. And I didn't speak about that, but I want to bring it up now and kind of talk about this, like this moral law argument, how I can how I connect it to 
how I see the world today and why I, I do believe that it starts with the gospel. It starts with sharing the gospel. It starts with inviting your friends to church, inviting your family to church, inviting your coworkers to church, and seeing how the Holy Spirit brings them to Christ. So anyway, this this moral law argument, um, it says this. Well, you know that, that there is there is a moral law because why else can we label, for example, racism as evil? Why do we lock up murderers? Why else would we seek justice? Why do we see why do we seek to do what is good? You know, there's people will make the claim that there is no moral law. And a super easy exercise to <laughs> to do is watch the next time something really bad happens to you. You get a poor grade uh, for something you worked really hard on. You get dumped without an explanation. What do we say? That's not fair. You know, without... Without a moral law, if you want to remain consistent to your thinking, you must also say that there are no human rights. You can't distinguish what's good or what's bad without a standard. If you want to be consistent, friend. You know, when we talk about Darwinists, um, what, like, what do Darwinists say if they are to be consistent with what they believe? Well... In uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, it's a great book, would totally recommend it. You know, they, they look at this and they say, well, Darwinists will say that morality is materially and genetically determined. It's based on inherited feelings or instincts, not an objective standard of right and wrong. That makes sense. But the, the problem with that is if we are to follow this born-this-way narrative then this means we cannot say that those who are racist, those who commit murder, those who abuse people, we have to say that there is nothing wrong with that and that people are just dancing to the tune of their DNA if we want to remain consistent to what evolution will say, to what Darwinists will say. If we want to say that there is no moral law, we have to go with that. The other thing I've, I've heard is people say, well, culture defines morality. One of the issues with this is, well, there's there's a difference between an absolute command versus a relative culture. For example, cultures have different greetings, like different ways they greet others, right? Like, we've seen this. It's quite cool, actually. But if you say you were to visit another country and, you know, they, they said, hey, um, you know, in, in our culture, uh, we actually sacrifice our visitors' brothers. So your brother, like, let him come forward and we, we must sacrifice him. You would deem this as wrong, even if it was a cultural thing. Why? Because there is a moral law that exists. You know that taking an innocent soul is wrong. You know this. You know, there's... There is an absolute standard of right and wrong that is written in our hearts without an objective standard of meaning and morality, then life is meaningless and there's nothing that's absolutely right or wrong. 
everything is, is merely just a matter of opinion. My atheist friend, I, I love you. But you have no real basis for objective right and wrong. If we're being completely honest and if you were to remain completely consistent in your thinking. Now, it's not to say that, uh, this is not me saying that you are not moral or that you don't understand morality. I'm not saying it at all. But you cannot properly justify why anything is morally right or wrong if you don't have a standard. To be completely consistent with what you believe, that then there is you, then there is nothing really wrong with genocide, with abuse, or any other just disgusting, evil, malicious act. But you know that that's not true. See, we. And when we look at just today, what our society struggles with, truly, we have to define a standard. Otherwise, these issues don't matter. Otherwise, our, our opinions are simply opinions. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're really just selves arguing with one another. But it's, how is it different than saying chocolate ice cream is better than vanilla, which it is. But how is, how is that any different? If we are to completely remain consistent in our thinking. See, the moral law, we know that there's a moral law. We know this. We know that there is right and wrong. The moral law must have a source higher than ourselves because it is a prescription that has written on the hearts of all people. Since prescriptions always have prescribers, we know they don't arise from anything. The moral law prescriber was God. He must exist. I believe it starts with the gospel because we know that God exists. We know this. We know, we know that the Christian God is the one. You know, we, we've seen this. Christians are, are given their moral laws through this, through this book called the Bible, which is completely inspired by God. And so I think it's, you hear the gospel, you repent from your sins, you accept Jesus as your savior, watch how the Holy Spirit transforms you as you are a new creation. Taste real freedom in Christ. Experience love that only Jesus can give. See that you're much more than a conglomeration of cells. You know this. You know this, my atheist friend. Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Everyone is created in the image of God. And that is why we know racism is wrong. That is why we know sexism is wrong. That is why we know that all life is sacred. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what religion you follow. It doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter if you were born with some sort of disability. We know that all life is sacred because it's made in the image of God. It has to start with following a standard. And may I may may I suggest the Bible, the inspired word of God? You know, maybe it starts with seeing us and then others the way that God sees us. 
And Christians, that means we need to keep reading and being ambassadors for Christ. Like, we mess up. We're not great. I'm I'm at least, I'm pretty terrible. Um, Paul in the Bible, I think he mentioned that he's the worst of all sinners. But I'm going to call second place. I get second place of worst sinner. <laughs> but I, I just, let me just share the gospel with you. I think it starts there. Because otherwise, what is the point? Otherwise, we're, it's just opinions. Otherwise, there is no standard. And who's to say we can't just be evil? Who's to say that's no different than just dancing to the tune of our DNA? Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and fall short. I have. I've lied. I've gossiped. I've judged. I'm, I'm a sinner, man. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16 says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. Man, that sounds like a pretty sick deal. Much better than death, am I right? John 14, 6 says, Jesus, um, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to him, comes to the Father except through him. So I guess it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, apparently, the only way to, to heaven is, is through, through Jesus. At least that's, that's what it says right here. Anyway, and, you know, Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. That is the gospel. That though we are sinners, there's a way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. We can't save ourselves, friends. That's why we need a savior, and his name is Jesus. Maybe it starts there. And then when we talk about these injustices in the world and we think about how to be better and how to treat one another better and what's fair and what's right and what's wrong and what's evil and what's just and what's not just, maybe it begins with having a standard. May I suggest mine? May I suggest the Bible? It starts with hearing the gospel, letting God just transform your heart. And from that, we, you have, you, you got to follow it, man. And there's a standard. There's a standard to follow. There's a standard to live up to. Let me just pray. God, you have proven yourself enough. Logic, math, cosmology, the list is endless, and do not even get me started on the validity and historicity of the Bible. God, I see the need for a standard. Because otherwise, we're just a bunch of cells who happen to have different opinions. But we know that morality exists. There must be a moral law that exists. Otherwise, we ought not to be upset when people are treated unfairly. Yet we rage because 
were created in your image. And we know that human life has value, purpose, and intentionality. We know that otherwise there's no need to get upset because we're just a bunch of cells dancing to the tune of our DNA. But we know that's not true. We know that there is more to life. We know this and it's written on our hearts. Jesus, good works, it's not going to save our souls. It doesn't matter how good you are. But God, your grace, your grace will. And I pray that we can confess that we are sinners. Confess that we need Jesus and be saved in our belief in the resurrection and our assurance that Jesus is Lord. God, save us from revival and help us strive to be more like Jesus. Amen.